Would you pray with me, please? O God of angels and babies, fill the sky with light and song and fill our hearts with wonder and peace. For on this night, a window to heaven opens and we catch a glimpse of an incredible love which descends as a child. Oh, let the angels sing and let our hearts be softened. Let our lives be filled anew with hope and joy. God of the shepherds and Jesus, open us to the miracle of your love which enters the world and our lives this holy night. Amen. When you stop and think about it, it's a really strange scene, isn't it? How well thought out do you suppose this plan really was? How different does it strike you that God's plan for salvation should depend on the willingness of a young girl living in an obscure village of a remote province to trust an angelic vision that tells her that God wants her to conceive a child. Does it strike you as odd that Mary's response was to ask the troubled question, how shall this be? I don't think it's the way anyone would have imagined it. You know, we know about Rome and we even know something about Jerusalem. But just where is Nazareth? We know about Caesar, we even know of Herod and Caiaphas, but exactly who are Mary and Joseph? Because they seem to be nobody special from nowhere in particular. Why, you know, when you think about it, they seem no more important than you or me. And I believe that's exactly the point. God acts through ordinary folks like you and me. Ordinary folks that trust God enough to take on extraordinary tasks beyond their capabilities or their imaginings. So God announces through the angel Gabriel that the divine plan is to come to us for our salvation through the body of a poor peasant girl from Nazareth. And of course, this plan will work only if she is willing that it be so, only if she can have the courage to surrender to God's will, only if she can find the faith she needs to trust God's wild plan. Think what a weight hangs in the balance there. What exactly depends on the faith of this young peasant woman? What a tremendous secret waits on the answer, hangs on her word. And what absolute trust God must have in her. Because you see, Mary's been raised in a community that understands that there is a special relationship between God and them. They have stated that the word of God is for them and that the action of God in the world is for them. And they believe that their story, the story of their community, of all their struggles through slavery and deliverance, through wilderness experiences, kingdoms rise and fall, exile and return, all of it 
is about how God is working through them as God's chosen people. And God seems to trust that the people of Mary's community have raised her right, that she will be able to discern the will of God in an unusual circumstance, that she will see the seam that exists between her and other great women of faith. And now Gabriel has done his job, he has come down, and he's made the proposition. The angel has made God's case, announced God's purpose, has posed the question, and the young girl is troubled. And now the whole of creation awaits her answer. So we are now on the porch of Christmas. And you know that we often say of Christmas that everybody becomes a kid at Christmas time. Everyone feels young again. At this time of year, despite your age, everybody looks at the world through young eyes. And here we are at church, all gathered together for something so small as a baby. This is the night when we sensible, modern, adult people, surrounded by the latest technological advancements, here in grown-up, serious church, we gather to focus everything on one small, vulnerable baby, vulnerable baby named Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. And that's who the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, they had all come to see, a baby. And that's who you have come to see. You've gotten dressed up, you've loaded the family into the car, you've driven over here in the cold for nothing more significant than a baby. And when he grew up, that baby told those that would be his disciples that you cannot enter my kingdom unless you turn and become as a little child. Here is a kingdom with a small door. You can't get in. You can't get to Jesus unless you turn and become as a little child. And that's good news. Because at this time of year, on this day, that's what happens to us all. We turn, we return, and become as little children. It's a rather amazing thing in the midst of so many big, grown-up, important adults. And to those of you who are really yet young, as you grow older, one of the things that happens to you is that your eyes become dull. When I turned 30, I suddenly needed glasses. I went to the doc and he said, well, as you get older, your eye muscles get weaker, your eyes become less flexible, less able to focus. Bottom line, you need glasses. The older we get, the more grown up, the less we're able to focus to see things, particularly small, beautiful, surprising, wonderful things. Do you remember your first Christmas memories? As we grow up, our eyes become dull, wonder loses its edge, but not now. Not now. At Christmas, I believe everyone is given young eyes. 
At last, tonight, we can be obedient to Jesus' invitation to turn and become as little children and thereby enter his kingdom through that little door. Someone once wrote, and I think this is really cool, there's a lot of truth to this. Life is tough. It takes up a lot of your time, all your weekends, and what do you get at the end of it? A watch? A pat on the back from the boss? I think that the life cycle is all backward. You should die first. Get that unpleasantness out of the way. Then you live 20 years in an old folks home. You get kicked out when you're too young to be there. And you get a gold watch. And you go to work. And you work 40 years until you're young enough to enjoy your retirement. And you go to college and you party until you're ready for high school. And you go to grade school and you become a little kid and you play. And you have no responsibilities and you become a little baby. And then you go back into the womb and you spend your last nine months floating. And you finish up as a gleam in someone's eye. Now young Mary doesn't really understand what's going on. And the angels reply to her, To her question, I think, remains a mystery. He only assures her that God will overshadow her in spirit. But Mary surrenders her assured future as Joseph's wife to play a part in what God wills for her and indeed for the entire creation. So how many times must we listen and hear the truth to learn it? We've been waiting for so long for God in our lives. We have sung many hymns, said many prayers, asked God many times to enter. How many understand that God is waiting for us to answer, let it be with me according to your word? A lot like Mary, we can't fully understand what's going on. And like her, Maybe we can only remember that we're members of a faithful community whose story is the story of God's action in this time and place. And like Mary, maybe we can't begin to imagine what the future will look like if we truly do accept God's will for us. And maybe we can only know that we must play a part in this wonderful plan of God's. Because it's a story about you and me And about our letting the Holy Spirit touch us so that the Christ begins to stir in our bellies. Because we have been chosen. It's now time for our choice. Our choice to prepare to receive this gift of new life or to ignore it. Be not afraid. For God, thank God is not bound by our limitations. This same Jesus whose birth we celebrate would grow up to teach others. This same Jesus who entered this world of ours as a child would tell all who follow where he goes, you cannot enter my kingdom unless you turn and become as a child. This is a night of signs and wonders. It is a night of the holy and the most ordinary. It's the story of a kingdom with a small door. 
And among all of our big, grown-up, important, adult things to do, tonight, won't you simply just come and behold him? Amen.